Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. You should have a skeleton outline for tonight. And thanks to Sharon, she got it all on one page. I always appreciate that. And then on the back of that page are some facts about the gospel according to John, mostly compared to the other three which we call synoptic gospels, okay? And because they're so similar. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very much similar. Matthew and Luke use Mark for an outline, roughly. And uh, so they're, they're very similar. Uh, for instance, it's only in the Gospel of John that we know that the ministry of Jesus was at least three years. And the reason we know that is because of his visits to Jerusalem and doing the Passover. And there are three of them in there, in, the, in this Gospel. If we just had Mark and, and Matthew and Luke, uh, we would not know you, that Jesus had a three-year ministry. So I'm just saying there's... There are reasons to study the uniqueness of these Gospels, and uh, over the years, uh, people have done that. Now, last week, we did one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, chapter 11. We raised Lazarus from the dead last week. It was, yes, it was worth saying hallelujah to. Uh so I put together uh, just six questions. This is the pop quiz, and yes, this grade will go toward your semester grade, okay? Uh, and we are not limited to one answer. And for many of these, there is no really correct answer, okay? So, uh, we, and, but we'll just use it for a review. Oh, that's right. You you missed last week. Yeah. Okay. Um, question number one. And just blurt it out or whatever you want to do with it, okay? Why did Jesus wait four days before he left to go see him? <laughs> Straightforward, clearly understood. Anybody else? Okay. Because sometimes there's more than one answer. Sometimes there's more than one answer to these, okay? Yes. Someone else. Okay. All right, we got that. What was Thomas confused about? Now, I thought we discussed this last week. What was Thomas confused about? Oh, my gosh. Okay. We'll work on that. Thomas was confused about why Jesus was going. So he said, let's go and die with him. He was confused because Jesus wasn't going to die. He was going to give life. And, okay, 
So that, now that question is, what was Thomas confused about? What burden did Martha and Mary bring to Jesus? Yep. If, if he was coming earlier, they was burdened by their complaint as how Jesus acted. Okay? Anybody else? In that 11th chapter, there is an I am statement of Jesus. What is the I am statement in the 11th chapter? Excellent. Speak, speak up. I am the resurrection and the life. Oh! Excellent job. And there are at least seven of these I am statements. And they will become more important as we go along, okay? And we'll learn to contrast these I am statements with some statements later uh, that are made, okay? Uh, so uh, in, the 12, in the 11th chapter, he is the resurrection and the life. In the prayer of Jesus, the, the, the prayer that Jesus gave at the graveside, what was his first statement to God? Go ahead. Thank you. Who said it over here? Thank you. Thank you. The more, the, the importance of gratitude. The importance of gratitude. Jesus carried a heart of gratitude. You think he might complain to God that God didn't uh, save his friend Lazarus from dying or, or that the people would listen better or something of that nature. No. Okay, here's the three-part question now. This is the last one. This is number six. Oh, by the way, these should be a learning experience, by the way. This is... <laughs> okay. What three commands did Jesus give graveside? What three commands did Jesus... Got to do this from memory now. No, no, here, no... Take away the stone. And what? Lazarus, come out. <laughs> well, we must have hit that note pretty good last week. That was great, guys. That was great. Okay. Uh, now, uh, let's, uh, we've got 11th uh, chapter behind us, raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, and so now we move to chapter, chapter 12. In, in every one of these chapters, uh, of their, you'll find an overwhelming theme. Uh, and we won't, we won't do that. What? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and Jerry, I wouldn't expect you to carry somebody else's opinion in here anyway. I know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. 
All right, now we'll start in uh, uh, John, uh, the 12th chapter, and we will find an overwhelming theme in this chapter as well, okay? So, uh, Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. All right. Let's go to our first verse. Go to our first verse. Okay. Uh, and those who are just, uh, I want to make sure that you get those points across. There's a dinner. Um, Mary anoints Jesus. Judas objects. Jesus defends her, and a crowd gathers. Uh, th those are uh, points in, in under this uh, Roman numeral one. And, and so uh, just... Try to keep some of that in mind. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom uh, Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him when Mary took a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume she poured on the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Okay, now that kind of gives us a, a setting there to work with uh, uh, reading this. Uh, first of all, uh, Jesus is going to have dinner, but it's, it's a, a dinner in his... How many of you like to dress for dinner? I like to do that every... I like to do that every once in a while. I like to dress... You know, to have a dinner that calls for you to dress for it. And this, this was one of those dinners. Uh, it is given to honor Jesus Christ. I can imagine Lazarus has his friend Jesus coming to stay with him. And so he's, he's given a feast in, in the honor of his friend. He's, he's saying, like saying, you're more than welcome here, and we'll give you overabundance of, of what you need. Now, one of the things that we should learn from that is Lazarus is not a poor man. And we see that again in Mary, because Mary has this a pint of pure Nord, which is a, a perfume usually used for the anointing of hair, and feet uh, especially, and you can imagine how important, when bathing wasn't important, it is important that you'd have something that smells good on. And so you'd show up and somebody would anoint you with some perfume, maybe even after you wash your feet, would put some uh, perfume on. Uh, so, uh, but she had this put away. This was her special stash. I, how many of you got a special stash? Thank you, Tom. You're the only one that admits it here but me. Oh, wait a minute. Johnica does too, okay. Oh, no, I got a special stash, and, every, and all the kids know it. They, uh, uh, yeah, it's it usually in my closet someplace. Well, I'm not divulging that now. <laughs> uh, 
Because we have, a lot of times, we have this romantic idea of these being really poor people and that kind of thing. But this, there's no poorness in, in this message here. I mean, in, in the setting here. Uh, this just speaks of affluence uh, for that day. It just speaks of it. In other words, Lazarus has a home large enough to accommodate Jesus as an extra guest. And he has the wherewithal to provide a meal uh, as well. And is that fun to do? I mean, Lazarus must be in seventh heaven here. Just having, being able to do this for Jesus. Oh, my gosh. That, just, that must be just a wonderful feeling on his part. And here come Mary, and uh, she's going to anoint his feet and wipe it with, with perfume. Now, uh, we, we should not confuse this anointing of Jesus with the anointing that's done in the house of Simon. Yeah, exactly what I'm thinking about. I think it's seventh chapter of Luke, and there's this, oh, this wonderful scene. I just love preaching on that that uh, text there, just this wonderful scene of this dinner that's given again. I, and, but, but Jesus is not the honored guest here. It's, I don't need to go over this whole text, okay? But, but Jesus is like he was invited just to have a celebrity, kind of like a person that would be a name dropper. And uh, it, it, it seems uh, of that nature, okay? And the woman is a sinner off the streets that come in and anoint his feet. And that's all we're told is that she is, a, that she, Jesus should know that she's a sinner. And uh, boy, that's really divulging a lot, isn't it, about a person? You know, you figure out they're a sinner. Oh, okay. That's good, you know? So, all right, but, but so we, we shouldn't confuse it with that anointing, okay? This is a, Completely different kind of, of, of anointing here. And uh, she takes this expensive stuff and uh, then uh, she, she anoints the, the feet of Jesus. Okay. So you, and what's Martha doing? <laughs> She's out in the kitchen and rattling them pots and pans. And because that's what she does. Thank you. And thank God there are people that do that. Mary's not going to do that. Okay. And, and Lazarus is kind of where he belongs because men are not allowed to do that anyway. You know, it just wouldn't be manly. And so he's, he's in his right place. Martha's in her right place. Mary's the one out of place here. If we have somebody out of place, of course, she's not out of place. We, I understand that, okay? But, but, but socially, she would be the one out of place here, okay? And uh, she does. Okay, let's go to the next. Go ahead. Daryl. Yes, we all know the saying, she let her hair down. We all know that saying. And uh, th this is her Jesus. 
This is her Jesus. If you don't know that yet, this is, this is her Jesus. And uh, uh, let's, let's let that go a little, just a little bit further. Hopefully, we'll keep with that, okay? All right? If I don't, Daryl, you get back on me, okay? If I don't do that. Okay. Let's go. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. That gives you some idea of the worth of that, okay? If a, if a day's work, and we, we, we think we understand it, was worth a denarii, uh, then it was 300 denaries plus in this. Okay. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and was a keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put in it. So the treasurer of the group is pilfering the money bag. And he tries to look religious when he has all this deep concern all of a sudden for the poor. And Jesus tells, oh, man, let's go. Let's see what Jesus does. Okay, so, so, and there's always somebody else has a better idea. Did you see this? Mary has an idea to anoint the feet of Jesus, and Judas thinks he's got a better idea of what ought to be done. We need to pray for people like that. They're lost as a goose in a hailstorm, and they have no idea what direction to go. But they're going to complain because Mary chose that direction. I, just, just keep that in mind, okay? And I keep doing this, okay, but people have opinions. And they just got to tell you what it is. Joan's dad used to have this great saying. He said, keep your mouth shut so you don't sound like a fool. <laughs> I don't know whether he meant that to me or not. <laughs> and I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't even poke fun at he would He treated me like I was a prince, okay? I shouldn't say that. But, but yeah, what's this? that was a saying that he had. I'm pretty close with that saying, aren't I? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he used to help himself, so he has a vested interest on why not spend money. And you notice we always have to have bean counters. That's what we call them, bean counters. They got to count the beans. Yeah. But on this case, he's counting the beans because he wants more beans for himself. That's what he's doing. Okay, let's go to our next, uh, next slide. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And if you follow the story of, of the crucifixion, Jesus really doesn't get a preparation for burial. This is it right here. And it, it might be that she just intuitively knows what needs to be done. 
we don't have an answer for that. But things will be in a huff around the crucifixion. You can imagine how mixed up things would be around the crucifixion of Jesus and how tumultuous that uh, time was. And he didn't get prepared. Matter of fact, they go to the grave later uh, after uh, a few days to uh, Sabbath and everything is passed. They carry uh, the, um, I guess you call it uh, herbs and stuff to uh, put on Jesus after he's dead. Um, and then he discovered that the body's gone. Okay, but that's... <clears throat> you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and, and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So by this time, Lazarus has already become a celebrity. Uh, he has experienced death, and he has come back. Jesus raised him from the dead. So just, just to see him would be uh, quite a, an experience. Um, there are just some people I want to shake hands with. I just do, and I pray that I hope that a little that rubs off on me. <laughs> you you ever do? That? I do that. I do that, or maybe get up close to him, kind of rub shoulders with him, say, <laughs> because you see something good, you see something wonderful, and you want that as part of your life. What a great aspiration that is for you to have that. Great aspiration. So he's willing to see Lazarus. Why? If there's anybody that's alive, it's him. If there's anything, anybody that knows anything about death, it's him. Well, he can tell us a lot. Amen? Oh, boy. Get that experience down, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, it, of course, this, uh, I want to point out this uh, generates a, a, a crowd. Uh, and here it's important, uh, what do you do with what you learn? That's about the crowd. What do you do uh, with, with what you learn? Okay, let's go to our next, uh, our next slide. Did, did we finish out the, under this heading here? Okay, let's, yeah, so we got, what, 10 and 11 yet to go? Next one, yeah, okay, next slide. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well. <laughs> Gosh, there's no help for these guys. I mean, they sneak around planning these bad stuff for other people all the time. They just, and you get that in the other gospels too, the same, the, the, the same idea. Here's guys that know what's the right thing to do according to the law, but don't have the foggiest of what to do with life and Jesus. And we'll touch on that again. I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a major theme that, that John has. Uh, but so, so their answer to Lazarus being raised from the dead is kill him. That's a good idea. It just somehow don't work. For but okay, uh, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. 
And that's what you're supposed to get out of the signs. The signs are to help you believe that Jesus is the Son of God who has come to die uh, for the world. And, of course, we'll raise again. Okay, I think that does finish this section. I think there's 11, yeah, 11 verses in this section. I think that finished it. We'll go uh, to our uh, next, se- next uh, section. And in, in this now, Jesus is going to take a step that you, you don't step back from. Okay? And that is this official entry into Jerusalem. He's going to, and he, well, he knows what he's doing. That's the one thing, if you are uh, reading the text, is Jesus always knows. You, you, he's not forced in anything. He knows what he's doing, and he does it voluntarily. You, you can't force him in anything. And he knows that when he does this, that he's going to set things in motion that cannot be solved other than him dying uh, on the cross and then raising again. But... Uh, but he, he knows that he's going to precipitate the confrontation between him and religion, okay? And that, that's uh, one of the major things to, to get. Uh, Jesus is the outsider who's going to affect the whole system. He's the outsider that's going to affect the whole system, and he will. Uh, and... Uh, God has this plan for human beings, and it's going to work out. God is going to work it out. It's going to happen. Uh, And the best thing that you need to do is get on God's side. You need to become a believer, especially at this point, a believer in Jesus, okay? Uh, Now, we call this uh, Palm Sunday, I love Palm Sunday because on Palm Sunday, you, you, there's no more getting around it. We're going to fish or cut bait here. In other words, we're going to, when, when, this, when, he, when he takes this action, it, again, it just sets things in motion that can't be undone. And, uh, and so here we go. Let's go to our... Uh, the crowds receive him. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. So you can see right there now what they're, what they're saying about Jesus. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel. So uh, that, that's what they're saying. Okay, let's go to our next one. I think this goes on like that. Uh, Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See your king is coming, seated on a donkey, on a, seated on a donkey's colt. Um, Actually, that's a, a quote of one of the uh, Old Testament writers, uh, seated on a donkey, the colt of a donkey, okay? And uh, one of the other tell us that uh, no one had ever sat on this donkey before. Do you know what kind of donkeys these are? They're only about that tall. 
and uh, they're almost useless. I mean, you can't, you can't get you can't like get them to work really. <laughs> I know how to guide one now. If you can get it moving forward, you take a little switch and you hit this ear here, and he goes that way. You hit that ear, he'll go that way. We got steering. Huh? That's it. That's a trick. Usually back here. <laughs> but you're but you're right. They're almost they're almost useless. So I mean it it it's not like this if it, Jesus jumps on it, it's gonna go off bucking someplace. It would not they're not gonna do that. That'd just be a waste of energy that they wouldn't do. Okay. And uh, anyway, so that's a free lesson in what do we call it? Equine practices. Huh? <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, you got to do something to dress that up. <laughs> all right. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Okay? Uh, so uh, there you know we're, we're fulfilling the language uh, of, of the Old Testament. And I know this sounds critical, but this group of people here, and I, 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 I think it was Phil Barr, I think it was you who uh, reminded me again, this is the same group that's going to be screaming uh, for his crucifixion. And I'm telling you, when, when the sun's shining and it's easy, everybody believes in Jesus. But boy, when the night comes and life hits you hard, then that's the real test is there. And uh, yeah, they, they, won't, they won't fare out uh, very well there. Uh, let, let's go to our next one there. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. What has happened? God was changing the world, and they had no idea. They had, go ahead, Lindsay. So, can you t say that again? Oh, from the dinner? I'm going to say it's the night before. Yes, yeah. Because he's on his way, he's on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast of Passover. And uh, so, and uh, this, this is the... Uh, uh, the Sunday before Passover. We know it's the first day of the week and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, and all we have left in the life of Jesus is the last week uh, uh, in, with, with, uh, of his life here on earth. 
That's all we have left is, is that week. Uh, because he's precipitated, again, he's precipitated things that can't be undone except by killing him. And he knows that. Uh, he knows it. Uh, we'll see this as, as, we go, as we go through here. <clears throat> All right. Go to our next slide. Okay. Now, there was some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request, sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. What a great request. Uh, and we, we think they, that the Greeks would go to Philip because he was from Galilee and not Judea. And so he would probably be the most liberal one of the bunch in, in terms of uh, Gentile uh, Jewish relationships. And uh, so, and, and it, Philip is the guy who, who brings people to Jesus anyway. Uh, him and Andrew, they just seem to stick out bringing uh, people to Jesus. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Philip was from we Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now there, he, he just says it clearly. Uh, if, if you listen to him, and, and he's saying, the hour has come. There may have been a, been a time where the, the uh, Gentiles would be held at a distance. There may have been a time they'd been held at a distance, but that hour is over. Now they are invited in. And it, it's, to me, it's not a strange thing that the, the Greeks are, are brought in here right around the death of Jesus. Uh, the, the, the Greeks would, they would talk about a full and real life, amen? They, they, would, they, they had some idea of what that meant for a human experience. Okay. But to, for, for them to say that that was a good life, you would have to have a good death to go along with it. Yeah, they, they just wouldn't. So you couldn't, like, judge a person before they died. And so to me, it's, it's, it's just uh, apropos for the Greeks to be brought in at this time because not only does Jesus have that perfect life, he's going to be humble and subjected to God's will even unto death. So he's going to have a beautiful death in that sense of the word. Joan, were you going to say something? Okay. Uh, but uh, it, it hasn't been too many years ago. I realized I wasn't going to live forever. You, but you know what I mean. I've trusted Jesus Christ, and I know I have eternal life, but still, I'm not going to be on this earth forever. So I just looked her in the eye and said as nicely as I could and as gently as I could, you know, Sweetheart, there's no good end to this. If you know what I mean. Unless, and means I'm, I'm thinking about how my end. Okay. And I want that to be good. That's what Jesus, Jesus has this, he's subject all the way unto death. 
He's going he's to have a great death in that sense of the word of the, of the human being. It's going to be horrendous. It's going to be ugly. It's only because humans are ugly at times. Uh, but, but for him, he's going to remain faithful to God, and he's going to make it there. And, and I just want to say that that needs to be us as well. That just needs to be us as well. Okay? Because we want to leave a great legacy for our families. Amen? We want to leave a great legacy. Um, I, I can't remember. It's been quite a while ago that I realized that, uh, what had happened. I was chaplain at Fairmont Park Racetrack. Joan knew a lot of people, too, there at the track. And um, a man that I knew hung himself. And I think his 17-year-old son found him. I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm, I got things to do, and uh, I mean about that. I didn't say anything to anybody. My first thing came to my mind, what a terrible legacy to leave your son. What a terrible legacy to leave your son. Jesus, is, and that's what, that'd be Greekish. That'd be what the Greeks would, would say. But Jesus is going to leave this great, glorious death. He's going to glorify his father even in death. That's what he's going to do. It's because he is subject all the way to death. And, of course, then alive again. Okay. Uh, let's go see where we go. Very, very, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, this is the farmer. He's got a kernel of wheat, and for that wheat to produce, it has to completely change and give up its identity as that wheat. Okay? And that's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to go to the ground. And, uh, and why is he going to do that? so he can produce fruit. So he can produce fruit. And of course, we are the fruit that he is going to produce. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep up for eternal life. And we, we get this time and time again. Uh, let's, let's suppose that we, we all decide here to, to if you haven't done this, okay, uh, to uh, follow Jesus Christ and for, from now on be, be the best we can be for him, okay? Say, so your old person has to die and fade away. You, you, you get that? That has to die and fade away and for you to become... Again, of course, that's what happens for us in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he says, behold, I make all things new. And I remember looking out the engine window. I was a brakeman on Illinois Central Railroad at that time, and I remember looking out, and the whole world had changed for me. The whole world has changed. And, of course, it didn't necessarily, but I did. And you know, the, the whole world had changed for me. And I saw all things new. I was taking a different perspective now. 
on, on things, okay? Okay, <clears throat> I remain as only sinner, but anyone who loves love, 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 eternal life. Whosoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will all, all, also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And, and there you, you, you get the message that uh, you, you serve him. You, you have now someone over you and uh, someone that will help you, and uh, you serve him. You, you now become a servant. Uh, I, I assume most of you was here when, when uh, Dave washed the feet in, in our service. Uh, by the way, we're going to have that next, next chapter, chapter 13. We're, we're going to have that. Um, but that's a servant. You become the servant. And uh, it's a humbling experience on both sides of, of that of that water. Amen. Okay, let's go to our next uh, next verse there, our next page. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Now, are, are, are you familiar at all with uh, the garden experience like it's in, that's in Mark and, and Matthew and Luke, where Jesus goes to the garden and he, and he wrestles saying, let this cup pass from me? Okay, you don't have that in John. This, this is the same thing right here that, that uh, he, he talks about in the, in the garden. Uh, and, and so, but this is the way that, that John is getting that uh, across, across to us is uh, he, he knows what the hour is now. And he knows what, that the hour has come. And what, what happens to his heart? He's troubled. I, th- I think one of the other writers writes, uh, talking about the garden experience, that he, he sweat as if it were blood. Yeah, okay. Uh, yes. I wouldn't say scared. Um, but it does take courage. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure uh, that I would use the word scared, uh, but it does take courage. His life was important to him. This is a real person. This is not a robot. And his, his life was, in, and, he, and you want to hang on to that as long as I tell people, you know, take care of yourself. We want to do this a long time, you know. Uh, the kind of kind of thing, but his calling is not longevity. His calling is for that hour, and but but oh, it takes a great deal of courage and faith. Uh, maybe not necessarily to die, because some people will kill you, but to willingly go, that takes some some courage and faith. You know. Okay, let me see. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd which was there had heard it and said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. 
I'm, I'm reading that fresh um, for, for this, for this uh, class. And the first thing that came to my mind, there's that old hymn, Just When I Need Him Most. And uh, remember, John not only have heard these words, he has 60 years to think and meditate on those words. And I'm sure it joyed him to be able to pin that just when Jesus needed God the Father the most, he speaks from heaven. And I thought about my own life and rehearsed some of it. And you know, it's true about my own life that every time I, just when I need him the most, he speaks the clearest. And time after time, the man that came from the state organization, and he told me, that don't do this. The church can't do this. And all my dreams were smashed. And, and, oh, by the way, his name was Jim Doom. And, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I went home with that, and pretty soon God spoke. And the man gave us $249,844. Interest-free. All I want to say is I, too, have this feeling that just when you need him most, he will speak the clearest and the loudest. I don't want to speak for Joan, okay, but she, she told me one time when, when she needed to hear it, she hear God tell her, I know what you mean. I, too, experienced that. But all I want to say is just when you need him the most, he will speak. That's what he's doing for his son here. This is his son, and he's telling him just what he needs to hear. It's for him. Not for me, not for you. It's for him that God speaks. And what, well, go ahead. And some said an angel spoke, and then. But I bet, to, yeah, and, I, and what I'm saying is I have a feeling that Jesus knew exactly who was speaking, exactly what he said, because what? He's the one who needed it, and he needed, needed it the most. And, uh, you know, again, John has had all these 60 years, not only to hear the words of Jesus, but to start to make sense of them and to help us understand who Jesus is. Okay? And remember, John wants, to, I think, this is, this is one of my opinions, okay, on the book, is John wants us to continue to look at the human Jesus in the face. And that's why he uses the word Jesus, uh, about Jesus, uh, 247 times in this gospel. Because he wants us to continually look in the human face of Jesus. And, of course, uh, God here speaks. 
And uh, again, that, that sweet old hymn. And I remember singing that myself. I loved it. Just when I need him most. Amen. Uh, let's go to our next, our next uh, slide. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not for mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Uh-oh, this is a new wrinkle for them all. Because not only is he going to call Jews, who's he calling now? Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> everybody, everybody can get on this. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I, when I am lifted up, and of course, this is also a reference to the uh, Moses experience um, when the uh, children of Israel sinned and they. They were uh, 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 dying. I think it was snake bite, wasn't it? They were they were dying a snake bite, and uh, uh, they made this bronze snake and if and held it up. And if you looked at it, you you were good to go. You were good to go if you looked at it. And so here, uh, Jesus is going to be lifted up. Now, we we think that means the cross. That's what we think. We think it means the cross. He's going to be lifted up on Okay, now, if he's lifted up on the cross, uh, then he'll draw all people, people to him. There's something about the cross. Well, uh, and when Mark writes about Jesus uh, dying on the cross, uh, the only one, only person in the whole book of Mark who knows who Jesus is is a centurion at the very end, and it's when Jesus dies, he says, truly, this was the Son of God. And so we understand who Jesus is from the cross, from the, from the I, I know you would think no, but I, no, this is true. You, you really see the heart of God in the cross as Jesus dies for you. You really see the heart of God and his love for you. And, and if there's anything worth changing for, it would be him. All right. When I'm lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Amen. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law what the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whosoever walks in the darkness does not know where they are going. Now, this is the same imagery that we had when he healed the man born blind. You know, uh, and, and the same imagery before he goes to raise Lazarus. You have 12 hours a day, you can see, you can walk then. Night's coming, where if you walk, you might stumble. And here he's saying, the, of course, Jesus is what? Jesus is the light of the world here. And we, we understand life by looking, by, uh, looking at, at him. 
Okay, let's go on to our next one. Uh, by the way, I, if, if you don't know this by now, we don't have to finish every bit of it that you have on the paper, okay? Uh, but we'll do what we can, and wherever we leave off, we'll start up again. Our commitment is that we'll read every word of the, of the gospel in, with inside our, our teaching time, okay? Inside our, and then we will discuss it, okay? Um, okay. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children's, children of light. When, we had, when he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Okay? And, uh, of course, he has a way in which he does that. He, he walks out through crowds and they can't find him. And, and, uh, and these people are real easy to slip anyway, so... They, they are. They're, it's real easy. And, okay. That's good. Well, where are we at here? Four. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and start that next week. Um, and we'll start at verse 37. Yeah. We'll start at verse 37 next week. And uh, we'll, uh, then we'll begin to work on the the 13th chapter. Okay, we're good? <laughs> good. Uh, thank you. You all stayed awake and commented. Amen. It's good. Oh, the, the more you speak, I'm talking about in our time here, our work to you, the more you speak, the more you will learn. People know that. The second thing is the more you laugh, the more you learn. It goes, it really is, yeah. You'll find people learn more in the class if they laugh once in a while. It's good for you. It's, uh, I'm sorry? Yeah, that's just what I was going for. It. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good medicine for you, okay? So let's stand together and we will dismiss. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful Jesus who teaches us about how human we are by being human, and to tell us about how great God is by being God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.